We really going in on this? I really, yeah. Okay. It's fine. Hey, guys. Welcome <laughs> back to the Mega Late Show. It's very sexy. <laughs> Sexiest podcast hour in Tokyo. <laughs> MLS number 98. Oh, there we go. Th- that was a really abrupt kind of change up there. We went from like our outro music, which is soft and Kenny G sensual, <laughs> all the way to like Nas's New York State of Mind. But yeah, Mega Late Show, episode number 98. What's up, Late? Side B. Side B, part two. Featuring... Oh, I'm late, by the way. Yeah, I'm also mega. You think people are, do we need to do that every Tuesday? Like, I know we do it every Friday, but every Tuesday, do we also be need to be like, oh, it's us again? Yeah, I don't know. Are you saying yeah? I don't know the rules of this podcasting thing. We kind of just fell into yeah. all of our, <laughs> our techniques. I've listened to other podcasts, but nobody does it quite like us. There's no musical beds. There's usually not a side B. Yeah, so I don't know, late. We're making up the rules as we go along. And Let- hoping... Nobody's record label listens too closely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We get that cease and desist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They want the royalties back. But episode number 98, we're here with Katomi. Hey. The powerful 3D god, Keen Joaquin. Yo. (laughs) He's been quiet this episode, mostly taking video and such. But word. Uh, Yeah, we're back with uh, the incredibly talented Chris Mosdell. Christopher Mosdell. Uh, who also wrote like children's books under the uh, what is it the pseudonym? What is it? Yes, yeah, pseudonym. Yeah, of Moz. Moz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, before we we're gonna do the the musical shares right now, which we do every you know second half of our podcast. Before we did that, I wanted to talk about your newest work that just released. Um, we got into it a little bit at the end of the podcast, but it, it is a really uh, complex and intricate. Uh, collection of poems that are based upon the kanji radicals yeah can you tell us a little bit more about this i read that you i read an interview of you in 2009 10 years ago that Mm -hmm. said that you were working on this yes well basically i wanted something that i could continue working on forever i I, um basically i wanted the, the equivalent of ezra pound's cantos i wanted something that i could just continually come back to and continually work on and then i thought oh the radicals because basically the the radicals are the roots the roots of kanji so if you mm-hmm. if you know the the first or the last uh, root of a kanji you can guess what it is and there's and so i thought oh this is a good way to basically write about the whole of japan japanese history so the fir- these are the, these are the first 25 henbushu and there's things like woman, mouth, spear, um, fire, um, etc. And so I took, th- this to me is the body of Japan. So I took each, each root, like, like mouth, and then I wrote, I, I went through history looking for spokesmen of the mouth. Mm. And... Yeah, it's cut and paste a little bit. There's, you know, I start with Hokusai, and he's, and then I, I do a lot of w- with Seishon Onagon from from uh, the Pillow Book, and uh, I'm, there's, there's a lot of historic figures in there. And then, so this is the 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 idea. This is the the Isles of Japan. It's the body of Japan, and mm-hmm. then between it are the waves, and the waves are Tokyo. So this is the modern day washing over. Uh, Japan, mm-hmm. and so the waves; these the rows all in they're, they're divided into uh, sections, and each each of the waves are in black on mm-hmm. black paper, so you can tell exactly where you are. And 
the, the waves are totally Shibuya energy, um, uh, frenetic kind of uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I go back into a much more, um, not traditional, but yeah, more, uh, more beautiful. And you can open anywhere. I mean, the idea—it's—it's yeah. it's not something. It's not a novel. You don't read it. it you don't, can't read it anywhere. But it's a bit like a—it's like a labyrinth. It's like a maze. So when I get in there, I, I've tried to read it kind of straight through. It's almost like I go, "Oh, okay, I see where I am. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going here." And then I go, "Oh, oh my goodness, I'm lost. I'm in the middle yeah. of this book, and I'm kind of lost." And then I slowly go to the end. And I go, oh, oh, okay, okay, I'm coming out. I see the, I see the exit. Um, I, I've been reading it, you know, linear, linearly, like in in order, you know, from front to back. And uh, I, I like just opening it up, and I'll pick a, a phrase out of there, and it'll just kind of be stuck in my head all day because I really love the way that you put together um, language, like. What is it? The the diviner of dolphins cannot turn their leap back. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's a rap bar. Like the diviner of dolphins cannot turn their leap back. There's so many like uh, the page can can I get it? Let yeah. me let me break it out again. I mean, that is actually from the tale of Heike. It's a real yeah. real uh, historic moment, but now you've made it into a hip hop moment. Right. It's so much better. But <laughs> like so much of it like this this wave here, right? It says how to dress is essential, strikingly in restlessness armed in attacking colors in a joy jacket worn in elite s- spheres uh, see how you are judged now in your emotional embroidery in your rapturous leftovers your free willing bombardment wardrobe <laughs> free willing bombardment wardrobe uh, these are bars these are these, it, it's so it's so amazing how we radiate. Uh, it, I, I've been taking a lot of joy mm. in this. Uh, I'm a big fan of poetry, but I haven't been keeping up to a lot of modern writers. I, I, I'm a huge on the the beat poets. And I, you know, I'm just privileged that you actually like this because I'm. You know, I, this is a very for a very selective audience. I always thought, but uh, oh, that's I'm, great. I'm glad you're bringing uh, some all, all of all of my old poetry buddies would would definitely love this and and you know take long walks off short tangents with some of these lines like they just mm. yeah bombardment wardrobe is like, <laughs> that is that is my energy for the rest <laughs> of the year I think. Yeah. Well, you know the, the the thing with the book is i think it's undiscovered i i think it's undiscovered i just think as i said i'm i'm working in this very insular isolated place i'm i'm in japan there, there's not many poets around here i mean there are there's jordan there's mm. a few other people who i know but really i'm by myself and i'm yeah the bombardment wardrobe i mean <laughs> that's what i'm wearing regularly <laughs> when you read poetry out here you're reading poetry in english yes okay. yes i mean I, I have a show coming up next week and i did a show in in i have a house in kyoto and i do a show there and i did last time i did it bilingually um one interesting thing is um you know, for years and years and years, people have always asked me, Chris, what's behind the mask? Because mm. that's the song, right? And I'm going, what do you mean, what's behind the mask? And so I've ri- recently written a hundred haiku with the first line behind the mask. And now they've been translated into Japanese. And now we're going to hopefully make a hyakurin issue. Hyakurin issue is a hundred, in the Heian era, in the ninth century, tenth century, they played this. Ge- they, they they made an anthology, a hundred poets and a hundred po- uh, hundred poems. And then in the fifteenth century, they made it into a card game. So basically, at New Year, they play this called Celtus. You put you put half the cards, half the cards on the on the floor, and they ca- they have half the poem. 
and then there's a reader who reads the beginning of the poem. Now, if you know, you should know, all school children used to know these poems, but they don't anymore. Mm. If you know the poem, you grab the card. Ah. And it's a traditional game that they, they play every new year. It's Karta. Yeah, it's called Karta, yeah. yeah. And so I've done a new version. I've done two new versions. I did one which is the, I've done the Shibuya version. I chose 100 people in Shibuya, 50 women and 50 guys, and I wrote a poem as if they had written it. And that's in my book, uh, The Canticles. And now I've done 100 poems, starting with Behind the Mask, and then two other lines which describe what is behind. And they're all basically something about Japan. Mm. So well, hopefully we're going to make... So in a thousand years' time, people are going to be playing the... Uh, the, behind the, the Mars version. The Mars version. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I, I, I love how much thought you put into not only the writing itself, but the execution and the presentation of it. The binding for this this new uh, book of works from you is uh, just so beautiful. It's it's uh, one of the nicest poetry books I've ever had. I'm I'm very happy with the designers. This is a couple of Swiss uh, designers. One is in in Switzerland, and one is here, and we we kind of uh, communicate by uh, video conferences and things and they've put this book in firstly they've made this special the binding where you open it it's it's a, a, a free binding so you, you when you open the pages it the, each page becomes flat yeah. so it's delicate you have to be you know that's why we put it in yeah. a box in the box set and uh, and then she uh, Susanna who's in in Switzerland she actually then not rewrote my poems, but put them into a whole another dimension of, of like putting one w one sentence on a page mm -hmm. and the next thing. So she really put a new dimension into my poetry. Very E.E. E. Cummings like, actually. Yeah. In a way, yeah. in a way, um, n yeah, in a way. Um, but um, I didn't mean to undermine it. No, I didn't no, mean no. to undermine the presentation. No, no, no. no. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not using any Cummings way of. I'm, I'm not cutting up words themselves and put, making you know nouns into verbs and things like that. Like okay. Cummings did. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm just the actual layout on, on the page is really for me. It's it's made made so much. Yeah. It made a new poem really. It mm. it it, uh, it gives different context to your reading almost it adds a different uh, element just mm -hmm. the eye tracking kind of the semiotics right. of the symbols and the way that words are arranged right. it, it really does and i use a lot of lines i you know i, I i'm trying to make I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to illustrate space or time okay. or so i put a long line and then i put a word at the end of it so this is that you've traveled mm -hmm. or I, I put a lot of dashes which is supposedly like a, an energy burst yeah. right and if you don't know that, I, I had some uh, a friend of mine in, in Kyoto, and he goes, Chris, I, I like it, but I get confused with all these lines and dashes. I go, yeah, but you, once, you, once you get used to it, mm. it's a bit like if you read Clockwork Orange or something, and you know you can't get used to the, uh, the, 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 the vernacular that right. they're speaking. But then you slowly go, oh, okay, I understand what he's talking about. So I'm using the same kind of um, dashes and lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, tend, I tend to read poetry uh, like it would be wrapped. And mm -hmm. so for that, I see like a lot of pauses and when it's larger print, you know, that's just a more explosive element. So I read it differently because it's not just, you know, Times New Roman and just line by line. I love the size of this book as well. Yeah. It's basically biblical. You know, it's big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it looks like a tome. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a tome. It's a definite yeah. tome. You can't, you can't. It's not Japanese. Not something put it put in your pocket. You have to you have to carry this around mm. with you in mm. in uh, 
and, and majesty. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I can't. I don't bring it with me on the train to read because I don't want to. I don't want to damage it. You know, yeah. there's a lot of savages <laughs> out there in the streets with no peripheral vision. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you been on? Have you, right. been, have you been on the JR line lately? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's, it's shut squ- down today, right? Half of it is shut yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. 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 They squashed that book in no minute. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get like fucking Nikuman on it or something. You know, because that's how I do. But yeah, I I I I highly recommend everybody go um, try to get a copy of this especially if you're out here uh, Chris said he's kind enough to meet you to you know what I mean make an exchange at one of his shows or something so yeah definitely check that out and um, uh, we will talk to Chris more about some of his upcoming uh, readings out here and hopefully get those on the show calendar so we can all go enjoy Chris live as well but in the meantime let's do some musical shares who wants to start you want to go late you got yours tuned up yeah, I can go. All right. I've got one today as well. Uh, I didn't put much thought into I've it. I've actually got one and a here. half. Let me just make sure. You get those type of lush benefits when you're like the host of the show. He's like, yeah. It's one song? No. One and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is actually an interlude off of uh, uh, a, an album by some guests we've had on recently. Uh, they're Dos Monos. They're okay. a group of three Japanese rappers. And um, obviously they sampled uh, YMO on yeah. here. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, didn't realize I that. like the coherence. You might that. enjoy them, uh, Chris. They're very uh, experimental and unlike anything else you've ever heard. Uh, uh, you know, as you were saying earlier, there was... Um, Japanese people have stopped trying to explode outside of Japan mm-hmm. to a degree and so like what what I think about their music is that they've kind of abandoned the idea of having to go and try to recreate New York boom bap mm-hmm. style hip hop mm-hmm. instead they've taken all of their inspirations from several different music genres and people from all around the world including uh, you know their childhood experiences and them as just Japanese guys wanting to make creative music and they just do that and so it's really uh, thought-provoking and challenging in a way that most high art is you know it's mm-hmm. not so accessible by the little layman the, the, the everyday man yeah. are, are you gonna play it again no that was that was just the interlude it's just okay. a little short thing I wanted to mention real quick okay. sure. uh, my musical share will be well before I do that I wanted to ask are there any contemporary artists, not contemporary, any art, yeah, contemporary is the right word, any artists of, you know, the right now, the 2019 or around this time that you are interested in? Musically? Yes. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm listening basically nowadays to a lot of just ambient music. So there's so many out there. So that's, uh, lyrically, uh, not, there's not much that I really... I'm much more influenced by poets if 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 I'm influenced by them at all nowadays. I'm just out there. I'm out here on my own. I think in this kind of <laughs> this island of Tokyo, mm. this you know planet planet Tokyo. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I have an Alexa. I have an Alexa app, and I just come in the room and say play ambient music. I'm just playing lots of instrument, uh, you know, like instrumental atmospheric music. So nobody, nobody. Oh, I'm sorry. So people like, you know, Walt Records and things like that in in Britain I, w- I was big into, but I don't know if they're still around now. But 
are there was a uh like a ambient type of uh experimental drone album that came out last year called mano no aware and i forget what that phrase means in japanese but mano no aware is that like the beauty and imperfection that's wabi-sabi wabi-sabi uh, okay yeah but but uh there's a there's a really uh interesting uh he's a newer artist called eve's tumor he makes you know uh ambient drone type of stuff i'm, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of you know the brian eno's and uh -huh. biosphere substrata mm -hmm. type of guys Mano no aware. it's a, it's, a, it's supposed it's one of those like uh like it's like it's the, the voice of, of yeah. something yeah it's like a japanese like a, an idiom or uh yeah yeah but but yeah it's really it's really good you might appreciate that mm -hmm. you mentioned mm -hmm. brian eno earlier and yeah i mean genius. yes uh, i Yes. Who do you think yeah. would win in a fight? You, uh, Sakago Sakamoto or, or Brian Eno? Oh, Brian Eno? Yeah. If, <laughs> if they were in a fist fight. <laughs> They're both about the same height. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> so so do they have a fair chance, right? Is it a 50 50? Uh, yeah, the piano might win. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think Brian can carry all those those analogs those yeah. mono <laughs> those mono analogs. I think I think Sakamoto is much more much more kind of zen than 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 Brian. Fair enough. He's got a who who has more. Uh, I'm assuming you've been to both of their studios. Like Sakamoto has his own studio, and then uh, Brian obviously has his own studio, like in his home. I, I, you know, I've never met Brian. You know, I was. Oh, really? I, I was. Well, I was supposed to meet him years and years ago. I, I had a meeting. You know, they go, "Okay, could we want to Brian?" Me? Yes, I'd like to. It was the time of the equation album, mm. and then he he got lost in Tokyo, and uh, <laughs> that's well, that was his excuse. Maybe he just didn't want to meet me, <laughs> and um, and that was it. I never met him. That, and Sakamoto, I've only been to his. I went to a, I went I, I met him about five years ago. Uh, mm. When did I meet? I met him about two two or three years ago. I was in Kyoto. He's sometimes in Kyoto. Yeah. I haven't been to his studio, but I've been to his I've been to another kind of room that uh, in New York where we met. Mm. Um, um, yeah. I mean, they did a six years ago, seven years ago. They did a documentary. Mm. About me and uh, Sakamoto was interviewed, and so was Sakamoto. I uh, was trying to find that online. Is that available? Yeah, anywhere? no. You, it's <laughs> there, there was. It, it came out of uh, some people in Boulder. Um, there's a uh, a DJ who works for something called Electronic Air, and uh, he uh, asked me, would I uh, be uh, be okay to do this documentary about me? Yes, and so they came over and did it. And then we find out we have so much copyright on those songs, mm. uh. and so they, you know, they were a little bit amateurish. And there's the trailer online, which actually I love the trailer, so I'm fine with the trailer. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was there was a premiere. It came out here. It came out for a while, and then I think Sony or somebody put a stop to it and said, mm. you know, unless you pay wow. extortionate fees for the price of the of the of the songs and the some and the anime that the, that we wanted to put on there, and the whole thing is kind of just wow. uh, it's languishing somewhere so I think I that, that's what i was gonna ask about ink music right that's the name of the that's right yes oh that's that was it. ink music that's ink music yeah okay yeah um yeah it's languishing somewhere in some uh, hard drive somewhere mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's actually not too unfortunate because it's kind of a funny story because just before i start they, they, they came over to tokyo and they, just before they started i saw a documentary by leonard cohen and leonard cohen mm. is speaking in these wonderful long sentences and very metered and uh, just and 
very astute, but just, you know, not, uh, not hurried. And I thought, oh, I, I have to be like that because I'm mm. all over the place. When I just, as you notice, I, I, I speak and I change my tenses and I'm, I'm just rather flummoxed about things. So I go, oh, I've got to be like Leonard Cohen. So I started <laughs> off to do this. And of course, you, when, you're, when you have a camera right in your face, it's very intimidating. I mean, I don't mind being here in, in the sense that you, there's no film, you know, mm -hmm. so you, you, have a, you feel you have a few more, more freedom. But mm. I, I, when I have the camera in my face, I'm thinking, oh, you can't edit film very easily mm -hmm. so i have yeah, to be yeah, yeah. very precise in what i'm saying so yeah, i'm yeah. speaking very slow and very very precisely and okay. the, and the people are going chris stop being leonard cohen i said i can't oh, help it oh my god i'm, I'm, I'm being leonard cohen but the, here's the irony so later about two or three la years later i i buy leonard cohen's latest book which is uh, what's it called? Oh, i can't remember anyway it's a book of his poetry when i look in the book what i thought he was saying as just uh, just his um, um, just his um, uh, introduction to what he was, you know, his some of his film. It was he basically he was reading a poem. Oh, that's And tight. I go, hey, <laughs> after all that, I was trying to be yeah. Leonard Cohen, and he was just reading a poem. Yeah. It's just like, mm. so yeah. So it was basically he was just reading a script. He was just, just, re <laughs> just reading a script, exactly. And I didn't have one. I was just trying that? to pretend I was Leonard Cohen, yeah. and it wasn't working out. That's like, yeah. that's that's like, like when you <laughs> show up to the rap battle with freestyles. Exactly. And somebody has written bars. Right. Yeah. You've, yeah. Been, you've been worshiping this guy's freestyle for decades, yeah. and then you find it it's like an old he's version been he's like like writing record. it all on his yeah. wrist so he's yeah. looking at it underneath <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was just playing some eve's tumor behind us right now um late are you playing your your regular track now yes so um uh this is awesome i kind of really got like into electronic music a little late and you know i kind of stumbled upon giorgio moroder and then i stumbled upon ymo and uh I was like, oh, this sounds like a lot of the pop music I've been listening to lately. This is like early 2010, so Japanese and Korean pop music. And there's this one producer who's one of my favorite producers of all time. His name is uh, Nakata Yasutaka, and there he is very prolific. He's worked with some of the bigger names in pop music recently, like Perfume and uh, Kari Pamyu Pamyu. Are you familiar yes, with? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um. This is one of my favorite songs by Perfume uh, that he produced. It's called Game. It's off of their album Game. And I don't know. I kind of feel, I don't know if I would say he's like a spiritual successor to, to YMO. I, I, I probably wouldn't go that far. But I, I feel like there's a very, you know, obvious link between that sound and a lot of his stuff he was producing around this time. He's He's gone a bit more... Way EDM, more EDM, yeah, yeah recently, mm. but yeah, well, I, and you know, people, you know, their direction changes and these things happen. But yeah, I think I think Perfume actually did do a cover of one of Wyoming's stuff. I think you might be right about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like his uh, group also with just the vocalist called Capsule. It's a bit harder, like this song, which I'm a bit more into. It, it's mm. something I have to really get more into. I'm not fam familiar with it at all. Like. Uh, uh, Perfume is the group that our friend uh, Patrick, Patrick St. Michel, yeah. he wrote like kind of a detailed, uh, what are they, 33 and a third? He did a 33 and a third. And a third about oh, like really? a, yeah, he's a, a writer for album. Japan today. He's really uh -huh. a phenomenal guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, this song's from 2008. Yeah, it's pretty old. It's pretty old. Yeah. yeah, I'm not uh, familiar with them. Yeah, oh, wait, wait. is Perfume still around? Are they? Uh, I think they quit. Yeah, they? no, no, they're, they're still, still doing so. um, They're still performing live for really? sure. Oh. I would say they're more popular than ever. ever yeah, yeah. Oh, super is that right? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, but Keen, I, Keen I'm not gave super us, like, into it thing. as much anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Keen's made yeah, he, a lot of we've art. We've got about. this piece of artwork back here that lights up and everything that Keen made. Yeah, I, when it comes to like popular Japanese music, I'm not too familiar with it at all. It's something I should probably delve into just to have a better frame of reference. It goes back to us like uh, not understanding some of the cultural cues and things that are significant for Japanese people that we don't know about and we expect them to know about America, you know? Mm-hmm. I drew a picture of uh, Homer Simpson on the board for my children the other day that I teach and I was like his name is Homer I gave him an age said where he lived and they're looking like who is this guy and I'm just like you guys don't know Homer Simpson <laughs> and it's it's one of those things but Good March. yeah so they might be playing at the Olympics in 2020 perfume. is that right oh, yeah. I can see that happening yeah. yeah that definitely makes sense that's that's been one of the weird things of teaching because I've almost been here well going on close to 10 years almost now and now the references i learned when i first got here are just like super outdated now yeah like there's no point in even going like mm-hmm. gets or <laughs> talking about jibanyan like that yeah. shit is yeah. like yeah yokai watch died fight. hard yeah. right overshadowed yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. by one piece man yeah, yeah. um this is not tr- like typically the type of genre of music that i listen to though like I, I, I feel like I'd hear this at like a woman's clothing shop, mm-hmm. like a Forever 21 or like, I, I, I don't know where I would hear this ever, but. One of my sets, definitely. Yeah, you'd drop it? Absolutely. I think I did. He says, he says your music's for the ladies, like. Mm. No, I'm just being like, a, you know, I, even when it comes to like popular music, like you're not going to catch me listening to Little John or Ludacris, really. It's Fair enough. Yeah got a different sensibility than my vibe most of the time are you into any like uh i mean i know he just asked for uh like musical artists that you like do you follow pop culture at all marvel movies or like john wick john wick yeah yeah i've seen all of john wick's movie and then the (laughs) third one it's just because when i watched the first john wick movie i thought oh this is really he's really clever that's the movie's making then i realize it's all just been manipulated you know (laughs) and it's get on john wick three it's just like absurd it's just like why do we bother need to see this just a video game basically no it's just yeah it's 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 a a long-running video game about a cult yes a cult of killers (laughs) and then also every cutscene, you don't have to actually press any buttons you just have to watch it exactly just That's watch it it's just like oh <laughs> it just goes on and on and I go and you know can't and Halle Berry's in it for some reason I don't know she didn't do anything in it yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry yeah no 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 I agree don't, don't trust me I agree <laughs> I mean, I yeah. mean, that's the life that I want to live, where I can just fight somebody in a shop full of knives and come out the victor. You know, and then Holly Berry's in your, a, it just yeah. she's there it, for some reason. It's like, you know, those type of escape fantasies are appealing to me sometimes. I watched the, well, is, is Gemini Man out in Japan yet? Yes, uh, it is. No. I watched the latest... Will Smith movie <laughs> legally <laughs> recently. Right. No, no, that came out. That came out. That came out. Like it definitely month. did, and that's yeah. where I watched it in theaters. Yeah, that's very. W- and uh, I was. And like, you totally spent money on a ticket. Absolutely. And you know, Will Smith has. I was there. I can vouch for it. I would say Will Smith hasn't done a good movie in a long time, uh-uh. but a lot of Will Smith's movies are, you know, okay. And I don't know. I kind of have an affinity for Will Smith where I'll watch almost anything he's done. And I feel like, uh, you know, those kind of pop culture, 
popcorn movies are uh, good for that sometimes. Mm. And I, I wonder if that's like a, because that's something I usually don't accept in music, even though I listen to a lot more mainstream pop music than mega. Sometimes I don't give people a pass for okay in music. I wonder uh, if that's just like a, like a, I fall into like a more music minded kind of thing. So like a movie, it's fine to be popcorn, but music, I'm kind of like, uh, it's got to have a bit more qualities for me than that. I wonder if you feel the same way about, you know, lyrics or music. <laughs> you know, lyrically now, I, I used to, I used to be able to go into a record shop and basically know everybody there. And I used to know all. I used to know all the, all the lyricists, or uh, all, I followed everybody. But now it's just a complete sea because the you know the social media out there is just so vast. Mm. It's like going trying to buy a book unless you know what book mm. you really want mm. you, and, and go directly to it. You're you're culled by all sorts of. Uh, you know, publicity that, uh, oh, this is the greatest book, uh, wa Washington Post, mm -hmm. exhilarating book. And when you read it, it's not. It's just because everything, everybody's been paid off. And I think the same with music. I, mm -hmm. I, I used to be able to, I always thought I could look at a, at a record cover and tell you exactly what the music was going to be or mm -hmm. I, whether, whether I would like it or not. Mm -hmm. But the graphic artists have become so good now yeah. that uh, you, you, you can't tell anymore. And uh, unless you keep up with things, I, I'm, I just have to come into my shell and uh, go sure. to Excelsior. That's where I am at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking tea in Excelsior. Mm. That's where I am. And, and um, yeah. What was a movie that you were uh, enthusiastic about? back in the 80s or in the 90s when you're writing for... Well, you know, Blade Runner was a kind of big movie for me, but, I, okay. you know, and actually I interviewed Harrison Ford. This is a kind of a funny story because I, when I first came to Tokyo, I was working for this magazine called English Journal, I think it was, and it was an interview magazine and they would call me up and ask me, Chris, go and interview somebody. And I've interviewed uh, Roger Moore, uh, the mayor of London, all sorts of people. And then they go, Chris... Uh, Harrison Ford's in town. Please go and interview him. And I goes, who's Harrison Ford? Because <laughs> it was the first Star Wars. And I don't know anything. Oh, right. I'd, I'd never seen it. And I didn't know Harrison Ford. And they just gave me some, some blur. And they said, go to Imperial Hotel and interview him. So I go and interview him. And it's like Star Wars. Okay, so the war in the stars. Uh, how was? You know, and I'm just fumbling my way through this interview. <laughs> but actually, he was, he was a really good guy. And we just basically talked about him being a carpenter when, you know, before he was uh, mm -hmm. on. George Lucas's you, you interviewed him without seeing any of his work. Yep. Nothing. Seriously? Nothing. That is awesome. I, I have some. I have some really good pictures. I'll give you the. I have some good pictures of him and him. me. Him and me together, looking very young, <laughs> both of us. And um, well, you were both like what ten at that time. Actually, that's ten. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, Wait, Star yeah, Wars so was seventy-seven. I don't even know. I don't know. The, yeah. Yeah, about so the original Star Wars was 77. Yeah. Then 79 and the 80. One of the last seasons of that So, so this was the first one I'd never seen. Any, I hadn't seen any of them. And yeah, go and, see, go and, meet Harrison, go and interview Harrison Ford. Well, well, who is he? Who is he? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Blade Runner, <laughs> I remember going into the Blade Runner in Shibuya. And of course, Blade Runner, you know, it's it has that kind of Shibuya look to it, the whole mm. thing, you know, the, mm. the, right, the right, big right. screen and everything. And I remember it was raining in Shibuya when we went to see it, and it rains throughout the whole movie. In the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we came out, and I go, oh, my goodness. It, it, you know, I, I, I hated it. It wasn't... Oh. I, no, really? I, yeah, I didn't... No, because I was, it, was, it was like I was just stepping from one 
I was from stepping from outside to inside the door. You know, oh. I was in Shibuya, then I uh, I went in and I saw Shibuya in the rain again. <laughs> so there was nothing escapist about it. It's like, no, God damn it, I'm just no, watching what's going uh, on outside anyway. No, Wait a exactly. second, was Deckard a replicant or not? Yeah, was he? <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, at the time I didn't. But of course, then it grows on you. Yeah. And then you know, the more you know, the more the cult. Uh, extends the more you become oh it's really a good me after after all and then you see uh, lots then you become you not be you become you know not a fanboy but you right. really, the film nuts get into your head yeah. and then it's almost like oh i didn't look at it that yeah, way yeah. before no i just looked at his rain it was <laughs> raining in shibuya and it was raining in the movies and it's just like yeah. <laughs> and then the then blade runner 2 Ah, no, just too long, and yeah. you know, get the editing cut about an hour out. Really, twenty forty nine? You didn't like it? No, I didn't I, like I it. I really enjoyed it. Really? Actually, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I I'm a huge like mark the for, original. Uh, I'm a huge mark for Blade Runner in general, and pretty much anything that is associated with Philip K. Dick. Uh-huh. I even I even like Next with uh, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> really? Like, I like Paycheck with Ben Affleck. Like anything. Philip K. Dick, I was really into. So yeah, yeah. I read I read, I read a, a bio a bio, biography of, of, of Philip Dick recently, and it's called something like "You You Are Dead and I Am Alive" or "I Am Alive and You Are Dead." It's great because he's such a freaky character, and he's just like uh, uh, into all sorts. You know, he's into all sorts of strange uh, kind of religious tones and yeah. things, and uh, and um, basically um, filling his head with narcotics as well, all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, interesting character. And then just yeah. uh, Valis is also kind of like audio. Uh, I think I don't know if that's him. Maybe. I mean, everything dope in sci-fi kind of touches. Him, I've enjoyed um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood recently. I didn't see that. Oh, you got to see it. Well, okay. it's kind of the only thing is interesting because I'm not a big Tarantino fan, but this one, you know, firstly, <laughs> I asked my friend, um, you, you know, Sharon Stone. Of course, you can't you can't ask a Japanese Sharon, who's Sharon Stone. He goes, who's mm. Sharon Stone? Mm. I go. Um, she opened uh, her legs in that yeah, one movie. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You can't just say basic instinct right. and expect people to get she it. She was the bad like guy, Catwoman. Yeah, right. And but but actually, the 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 ending is so hilarious. You've got to see it just for the ending because it kind of it um, subverts your yeah. It, and actually, it um, it. Um, it's, it gives a whole new take on 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 the, on Manson murders. It's mm, just yeah. it's, it's just hilarious. It's worth seeing it. Just f- it's, it's they could just you could, they could cut out maybe h- half an hour of the movie, but it's just hilarious. And it uh, yeah, I heard uh, it was good. Yeah, um, and, the, and the soundtrack's great. Yeah. I mean, it's the old. I, I say it's great. It's the uh, it's old kind of '69 soundtrack basically. Yeah. But I think Junkie XL did the soundtrack for that too. Didn't they? Not sure. I like so. Not sure. I've been Are playing my s- my musical choice under us for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, no. I'm just. I mean, like it's ambient. It's am- like I just decided to play it when he's talking about ambient and poetry and stuff. So, yeah. But you want to speak on it? No, I mean I will speak on it in just a moment. But I mean I was just saying that I keep on just looping it, and that's why it sounds all like. Yeah. Speak on it. Okay. Well, um, the album that I'm playing is called Cloud Dead. It is the name of uh, a group between two. Uh, poet rappers called Dose One and Why. Why later became a band, but this album was released in 2001, and basically it was them just hanging out in their room, experimenting after the back on the back of one of their previous projects called Green Think. And so in this album, um, during this time, the the label, the group was a collective of artists called Anticon. Um, 
and uh, at the time they were all very much into poetry and they wouldn't rap anything that they didn't write that could be read as poetry and so it's a really poetic approach to the music and um it, the album is produced by Odd Nosdem, who is also a member of the group, and it's a lot of it is airy, etheric, ambient, but at the backbone of it is very hip-hop and deliberately hip-hop. It's beats and samples, and um, you know a lot of uh, the poetry that they use or the writing that they use uh, is very strange and uh, like wonderfully crafted. If you were to read it as poetry, I find it absolutely beautiful. And there's like moments like this as we're going into. This is called Cloud Dead Apartment A, um, like part Apartment A. Like there's a conventional rapper on here, but then um, this is Illogic, who's like a straight rapper, rapper, not so much a poet, but but you hear the music is very kind of ambient and droney. And uh, the whole album is pretty much like that. Lots of just experimental approaches. And uh, um, Dose One on this uh, on this song, he and Yoni, uh, Y, they contrast each other so well because Dose is kind of fast, double time, hyper verbose. And then Yoni, Y, is a little bit more um, like clear stream of conscious lines that are, both of them change Mm, perspective so much but listen to this cadence that dose goes off on It's Brian Eno. Yeah. It's um, uh, here come the here come the warm jets. The sample. Very ephemeral. But like, um, you know, their previous uh, previous work that they did um, through their collective was called uh, A Taste of Rain, Why Neil, which is a line from Jack Kerouac. And the group that they were in was called Deep Puddle Dynamics, which is another Kerouacian line. And um, so much of their music, I feel just there's a quote by Kerouac that says that his music should be read um, along uh, on a hot day uh, alongside like a trumpet player or a jazz player. And it's built to be read like that. And I just felt like these um, these guys, there are so much in the tradition of that beat poetry type of environment. And they, at the time they recorded this, they were living in Berkeley and they were always around like this rich artistic community of poets who were still thriving in the Bay Area at the time. And so you get like, this is a field recording of them and their, their approach to uh, lyricism and, and writing was so uh, separate from, and, and Ken, you could speak on this too, like the, the rap community hated these guys for whatever reasons, even though they were doing similar things creatively, but for some reason, nobody wanted to gravitate towards them. Their influence is felt throughout much more of indie rock culture than it is through hip hop culture in the larger sense, because their approaches were just so strange they're taking from like brian eno and the beach boys in terms of like listen to this listen to this approach that they they do here it's very much like pet sounds smile but this album is great for like 
winter. It's also Bowie from the Lodger album. Yeah, uh, I mean, largely hip hop is just like a recycling of things and, and adding new life to it. You know, it's such a pastiche or like music concrete style, but like vocally, you know. Um, well, that's why they just they weren't like that much because they were taking those kinds of influences from like Bowie and mm. other bands and then fusing hip hop into yeah. it and then just working with just strange ideas. It was like. They're very they're, white they're, they're too. Were, well, they were referred to as like weirdo rappers. Yeah, yeah. they're very they're very white. Uh, they didn't yeah. try to kind of express the some of the the more typical uh, aspects of hip hop masculinity and braggadocio. These guys were like weird poet dudes yeah, who they were, were very into, poetic. Very yeah, very poetic, I mean, yeah. they weren't wearing flashy clothes or designer. They were shopping at the Goodwill and things of that nature. So. Um, all of their music sounds different. This album, compared to any other thing in the catalog, Green is wildly Pink. different and with wildly different approaches. And I think that I tend to enjoy music or art that tries to approach things in that way, that takes it away from this like popular formulaic approaches and and just subverts them completely and just goes to the left. And you know, everything that does that, I don't think is good. Like some of it is generally like, oh, that's a you know that's that's not really dope but like these guys were really good if you listen if you were just to read the read some of the lyrics uh that that dose one verse where he's like dit, 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 dit. It, it's like touching story of a velcro face like boy you know life-size marionette that looks an awful lot like him like the lyrics are just you, you read it in poetry form and and to me they're beautiful it's really good stuff no thoughts on that guys <laughs> Can we get some music <laughs> on that? Just like, yeah. Should you I just play it, you more? You said it all, oh, Chris, man. Should, you, I just, should I just be playing did more? Did you have a musical share? Yeah. Well, I could share one of my old, you know, my Equation albums. I mean, if you can, if you can find that out, it's Pig You, um, as imposed to Pig Me. Um, and it's, uh, it's the first track on my a Equation album. And basically, I, you know, I'm using my scientific... Uh, here, this... Oh, this you found it. it already, yeah. So all these sounds you hear is my voice, by the way. All these, oh. all these monkey sounds, niggas, me, just like... Yeah. 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 Bjork um, would later do that, too. And She got I, it from you. I found this, I found this pygmy yodel. I, w I was shopping in Singapore, I think, and I found this tape. You'll see... In a minute, here it comes. Yeah. This is a pygmy yodeling in the jungle. And so I used this as the basic rhythm, and then I put this voice of mine on top of it it's all about it's all about a, some kind of jungle of words and then I you'll see I do a kind of semi rant a bit later and I put a harmonizer on my, on my voice what year did this was 80 84 83 84 so uh, so long they ago credited to 82 <laughs> on the oh, on youtube oh well, there you go it's even older than i even yeah. older than me i mean How is King, that possible? you were alive <laughs> you were alive 
I wasn't born yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So this. Uh, Sandy. What is the Javelin Opera? Who was that? <laughs> it's just that's such a just dr- great name. <laughs> it's just actually I was a really good javelin thrower. <laughs> at school, at school, I've won all these prizes for throwing the javelin, and I needed some, you know, something that would, uh, some kind of cover to the whole. Mm. And I thought, oh, very pointed. So a javelin mm. opera, and it's just all all the people on the album just became the opera, the javelin opera. Okay. Oh, it's, it's opera, yeah, javelin opera, yeah. We should be at the Javelin Opera. <laughs> like I mean, seventy eight So, so you you planned this you planned this way in advance because you knew that the, the Olympics in twenty twenty would be in Tokyo. So you're like, well, uh, you I, haven't been, I haven't been practicing my javelin recently, but you know. But but now <laughs> you have you have the credentials of an opera. So now <laughs> you know you don't have to really try <laughs> if you don't want to. Sorry, can you uh, say again the name of this, this project and the song name? Uh, the 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 song is called Pig You, as opposed to Pig Me. It's called Pig You, and it's from the Equation. It's it's Chris Mosdell and the Javelin Opera, and the album is Equation E Q U A S I A N Equation. I, I gave this album a, a listen on YouTube in its entirety the other day, and it's quite a journey. It's, a, it's an interesting piece of work. Yeah, well, each each song is an equation. So this is basically uh, the uh, light and dark of the jungle and then you've got the next one which is uh, it's called uh, uh, Psalm of Motion which is about uh, a pendulum so the, the, the music swinging from side to side each one there's, a, there's one which is a maze there are, there are, there are, there's, everyone is an equation and you, if you open the album you can see I've, 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 I've notated the equations and how they, how they work into the music so and this is Visic, so each one is a vis- is a visual music. I, I worked with an architect, and we put the words into uh, a three-dimensional format. And uh, you, it, the album comes with a whole with a, with ten plates of visual music. Wow! And this this is the the Ketcha dance from uh, from Bali. If you just listen now, it's, it's great. That's my first sample, years and years ago, before sampling was yeah. so hard to do. This, you know, we we were dealing with loops and uh, and big, big, big tape like reels. Like wool and sack tape recorders, kind of, huh? right? Like wool and sacks, yeah, really huge, big, like huge, big, huge, big tape recorders, and uh, you know, just to oh, this I, is I just wanted to another one. Yeah, this is uh, angina. Angina. <laughs> mm. It's the equivalent of fe- a female um, oh. uh, engine. Mm. <laughs> Did you sorry, ever? Sorry, sorry, so graphic. No, I like oh that. No. Did you ever um, bump elbows? Is it rub elbows? Whichever that is with uh, Malcolm McDowell. Uh, no, you mean uh, as it, uh, the actor Malcolm McDowell? No, whose name am I trying to say? Malcolm McDonald. Ronald McDonald. No, no, Ronald McDonald. Is what you're saying? Malcolm McLaren. Malcolm McLaren. Malcolm No, no, as as in punk, as in the Sex Pistols. Yes, and the DJ. That's you, McLaren. No, I was here. I was just, I was just hiding away in my in McDonald. I was just here in my in my exile. Basically, I've been exiled for the. I've been forced out of England for the last 50, 40 years, basically. It's because of that, the whole penis I, thing, I, yeah? I'm just, <laughs> well, I've become, as I said, I've become more British because it's the, it's the last remnant of the, I'm the kind of the last remnant of the British Empire thing. I'm the last, I'm, the la- I'm kind of the Somerset Maugham kind of mm. character that, 
you don't see them in England anymore. I'm just, I'm a relic. I'm the kind of the old British Raj, just uh, languishing in exile. But you've been recognized in the community, especially in the punk community, for being one of those spearheaders of the movement, especially at the time, considering that you had a global effect. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm always amazed at how how my reputation has pres- has just uh, disseminated itself because mm. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just um, I, w- I was sitting in McDonald's. I'm now in Excelsior. I'm just uh, I'm just I just every day I write. Uh, there's an expression in Japanese which is to continue is to succeed, and I think that's all I'm doing. I just I'm just uh, rolling on. And as long as I can do it, um, I, I find yeah. it all tremendously impressive, man. I, I yeah. do have. I, I know we've got to get out of here in just a few moments, but I I do have one more question. Um, it says that you've worked on Cowboy Bebop and Gundam. Do you know what songs those were? Yeah, this is a uh, question from from our guy Jordan Apes um, Smith, by the way. There's, there's a lot of songs uh, uh, in Gundam. Gundam. I, what did I write for Gundam? I think I wrote until until um, Song of a Stone. Um, my favorite one is on Cowboy Bebop, which is your mother. Oh, what's the song now? I forgot. It. Um, uh, you should look on my website and I can notate it. Oh, is it there? Your mother's basement. No. That's not uh, it. Um, um, it's not the real float blues. I can't. Oh, write. what is it? It's I, kind of with that. Um, I, I'm trying to hold my mic and, and talk as I <laughs> research this <laughs> stuff. Go into you know. go into my website. <laughs> okay. Go into chrismaster.com. I'm there. Just did you collaborate with? Kano on any yes. of the other works that she wrote? Uh, yes. And kind of assisted her in? I've done a lot with Kano. So, um, no, Kano's great because uh, we have a very similar mode of... Um, so, look, all these crazy, all these songs I've written. Um, Gandam, here's Gandam. Is that Gandam? Let's have a look. Yeah, Gandam. So, this is After All Eternity Dance on that album. Uh, Cowboy Bebop um, on the Future Bues album, Butterfly. That's n- this is my favorite. What's this one? Standalone uh, Ghost in the Shell. The Standalone um, Complex. The Beauty is Within Us. That's can the I play song. That? Yeah, play Beauty is Within Us. Oh, let me see if I can pull that up. Uh, it's sung by. That's from SAC, for sure. It's a really. I'm very happy with my lyrics and that, and it's sung really well. So it's uh, it's recorded in New York. Standalone complex. Yeah. Well, Ghost in the Shell in general. Like, uh, I, I I don't mean to to go off on a tangent. Um, because I'm an animator. Like, I I focus, uh, very very heavily uh, on anime when I when I pr- when I make my own work, and Ghost in the Shell is one of my biggest influences in terms yeah. of uh, in terms of storytelling and in terms of representation in terms of animation. Yeah. And everything that they've done, project uh, uh, production IG, uh, and and you know, because she worked on uh, Sentinel Complex as well, and a lot of the work that she's done, she um, outsourced uh, l- lyrics from other people. But you were always the first person that she talked yeah. to. Yeah, she <laughs> she uses me for the ba- the big ones, the big kind of balance. That's not. This no, this no, is just no, a piano no. cover. I can't um, find the actual song online. Uh, it, it's online. It's on. It should be online. 
Uh, on YouTube? Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, kind of uses me, I think, for all the big kind of uh, operatic ballads. Uh. And uh, yeah, there's a whole series of lyricists, but I'm the guy that she comes to when they were doing the... This is definitely not it. That's not this it. Is, this is a tank. When, yeah, when we come to the big... When she comes to the big, you know, emotional, big drama, she wants, uh, um, she wants me. I, I just think I'm uh, a little bit more poetic than most people. So... Um, and we have a good rapport. She usually just sends me a kind of precy of, I don't, I don't, have I seen Ghost in the Snow? Yes, I've seen pieces of it, but I, they usually give me a story, storyboard or I get, Cano will send me, okay, Chris, this is what the, this is what the place is. Uh, this is this person, this person, this person, and they are uh, doing something and, uh, mm. and gives me a rundown and then I just make it up. <laughs> but you, you said that you don't usually. When you mentioned earlier, earlier in the, in this in this episode, um, you um, you don't have any visuals to help you uh, expand what you're thinking of. And when you're pro when you're producing, you don't have any visual refer no. reference. You just you make it as you go. I make and it, they, and then they apply that to the visuals. Yeah, I, uh, she gives me a she gives me a a written storyline, and they said, okay, Chris, this this song goes in this particular place and I don't see it I, and then uh, but usually I'm 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 quite good at being in situ at that time right there and this song especially worked out really well because she gave me a quite detailed study of who I'm supposed to be mm. and uh, and who's singing this Scott Matthews Scott, Scott Matthews just just to makes a really great um, uh, just a, a really great rendition of my song. I'm really happy with this. My mother's not so happy. <laughs> well, she hasn't. Well, she hasn't seen the story yet. Because Standalone <laughs> Complex is one of the greatest um, adaptations of, of Ghost in the Shell Man Machine uh, Interface that uh, has ever been like put to, to screen. And I say this as a as a, as a fan of anime and, uh, and your work. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like uh, this is like a match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I. I again, I'm just. I'm just. At that time, I'm living in a very small little apartment, and I remember writing this song in that apartment. And I'm, I, I, I never, I always wanted to be a kind of like a, in a student garret, just like a, you know, nothing. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to sit by the, you know, that people would say, oh, Chris, you can sit by the side of the swimming pool now because you've written behind the mask. No, I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the student garret in a little room. And I, I at one time, I actually rented a very small little room, and I was going to write a novel. And I, I plastered the walls with Ezra Pound's Cantos. The whole of my rooms were... were, were oh my and slowly, I went mad. Slowly, I went insane. <laughs> <That's weird>. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so my wife said, uh, Chris, you've got to stop. You are going insane. And I realized I was, I was going insane, so I stopped. And so, you know, writing... Writing a little uh, the poem was a much as lyric was a much easier way than to keep my sanity basically. Man, I think uh, I think I speak for us all when uh, when I say that we really appreciate your work and we think that you're incredible as an artist and we want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, hopefully, we can have you back at some other time when uh, when you're doing some more work. Your output is so uh, uh, unbelievable. Is I'm so happy to be here, and thank you so much for um, listening to my, um, my, my blather. And uh, I appreciate all, because this is the first social activity I've had for a long time uh, with native speakers. Okay. So hey. <laughs> hey. 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 Thank no, you it's all. It's been great. Thank yeah, you so absolutely. much.
Thank you so much. And uh, could you drop your social media information one more time before we get out of here? Are we not doing any of the unchanging? Oh, the unchanging. Oh, I thought I I actually was rushing through because you said you got to take off at four. It's already four sixteen. Maybe not any of the super big ones, but some easily answered ones. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's start with the easiest. Uh, We have a ranking. It's a basically one, two, three. But we present it as Mary Fuck Kill. And the categories are Lawson's, 7 Eleven, and Family Mart. Okay. What is your ranking? 7 um, Eleven 1. Are you talking about Family Mart Natural? Because they've just gone bust? Or family, uh, not Family Mart, um, Lawson's Natural or Lawson's? Well, <laughs> see, that's, that's the crux of the debate, right? I, well... Okay, I'll go, I'll go with this. 7-Eleven, uh, um, best stocked convenience store. Family Mart. Family Mart and Lawson's. Okay. Is there any... Uh, the, the reason in particular is that 7-Eleven fi- uh, is more well-stocked? Yes. If we were to allow you to include Lawson's <laughs> 100, would that change your ranking? <laughs> no. <laughs> Natural well, you said you're, you're, no. you're a vegetarian, so... Yeah, you know. I'm a vegetarian, but I don't, I don't go to any of these shops to buy my food. Mm. And I'm, I'm trying to keep away from the processed foods. Gotcha. So, you know, That's how you no, live a long life. No. Per- perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Debatable. All right. Um, favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> who's th- who's the Wu Tang clan? Okay. <laughs> well, you no, 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 no. I want to know the answer to this question. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, there, there were a hip hop outfit in the '90s, uh, wildly influential, but uh, no need, no need. Should we play him some Bobby Digital right now? <laughs> play him some Wu. Uh, Drop uh, it, Mega. Okay, I can do that uh, if you just give me a moment. But um, how about if you were on a desert island <laughs> and you have two artists? that you can have their entire catalog of music, and this is the only music or music that you have on the island with you, which two artists would you choose? This includes all of their collaborations, all of their remixes, and so forth. Well, maybe I would have Bowie up until Scary Monsters, and then the rest I was not. I, I you know, you can that can be dropped in the ocean. Did, uh, did you not like his uh, his his uh, final album? Yeah, Black Star. Uh, not bad, not bad. I mean, just uh, Scary Monsters yeah. is to me teenage wildlife. It's just one of the greatest albums ever. Okay. So I'm that. Who else? Something like. Um, Artificial Intelligence by um, by um, uh, Walt Records. It's compilation. I always love that. Um, so you're saying you take that album over an uh, like an entire catalog? Oh, you want music? me to do a catalog? Yeah, like you know, if you pick Miles Davis, you get every era of Miles Davis. So basically, yeah. the Bowie albums that you don't care for, you got yeah. them. I've got them. Yeah, I wouldn't them play them. With. Yeah, I'd, I'd use them as to make sandcastles with them. Right, right. Start um, fire. Yeah. Um, who would I go for? Um, Am I yeah. saying desert island? Shouldn't it be deserted island? <laughs> desert, or is there like a de- no, deserted desert, desert island? No, deserted okay. desert island. <laughs> deserted desert island. <laughs> a desert, hey, yeah. yeah, by myself on a, des- on a deserted desert island. Nobody it's made there. of a desert. Mm. Yeah. I would have somebody like um, who would I have as a collected works? Uh, I might even have somebody like Joni Mitchell. Mm, not bad choice. Uh, yeah, okay. Not a bad choice. Um, you know, just lyrically, just lyrically, she's great. I yeah. mean, yeah, I couldn't. 
Well, what does Q-Tip say? That Joni Mitchell never lie. Don't it always? Nobody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's a song reference. Uh, I was hoping more people <laughs> would get that. Anyways, yeah, wonderful. Good choices. Um, is there anyone? Well, let me ask this one. Uh, what's your theme music when you walk into a room, or there's mm. a prize fight? If you were a wrestler or a boxer, or, or just going into like a poetry room. Um, John Cage's three minutes and thirty-six. Was it three minutes and how many seconds? Yeah, yeah. That would the, be, that's my theme music. Basically, this. Just, yeah, yeah. just, just <laughs> ambient noise. Yeah, mm. or. Um, Shibuya Crossroads or something, you know, something. A field recording. Just a field recording, yeah. yeah. I like. I don't that. think I, I don't think I need to have any. I don't think I have any fanfare. Uh, he he can just play Brian Eno's uh, <laughs> track Ikebukuro. <laughs> have you heard that one? No, is there Beautiful. a track? Yeah, it's called it's called Ikebukuro. I think I've heard it on the way here. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's uh, less Chinese <laughs> being spoken less in his Chinese. version. Yeah, I got right. that. It's it's a couple decades <laughs> old now. Yeah. Oh, no, right walking on. through these streets and going, oh, this is really downtown. I haven't been here for. Ages. It's a whole different experience. It is. And um, as the last question, the last question. Uh, perhaps, yeah, let's go. That's it. Who is someone that you looked up to um, who maybe you haven't met yet that if they were to tell you, uh, Chris, Sir Christopher, <laughs> uh, I really admire your work. You've, you've done a great job, and it would make your day or make your life. Dead or alive? Dead or alive? <laughs> wow! Dead or alive? If I was gonna, no, if it was somebody who really would make my day, would I? I would choose. I would choose something like Oscar Wilde or something. You know, if I was going, if, was, if, was, if we're talking about spiritually, you know, back somebody who's alive, who I really admire now. The RZA of the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> I thought he would. Uh, I, I actually thought he would be into the Jizza more than the RZA. That's a personal thing. Never mind. Um, Seems like a ghost face guy to me. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Let's go with Oscar Wilde. Okay. Yeah, why not? I went by his grave and uh, Morrison's but, grave. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice little graveyard they got over there. Yeah, there's also people like Chopin's there. All sorts of there's all sorts of characters there, just uh, spiritually floating around. I don't know? think I'd ever seen a mausoleum before. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's a really, it's a really, a mausoleum. It's, it's a mausoleum. It's got this really Art Deco kind of um, um, uh, winged angel in the front of it. Yeah, it's, mm. it's really good. Um, last question then. Yeah, <laughs> hypothetical angel and devils. Let's on not your, do that. Let's not do that. Too long too long yeah, all right yeah. that's it mega late show episode okay. number 98 phew did i pass that test there i don't know if i passed that now nah, you answered wrong with 7-eleven <laughs> 7-eleven oh actually can uh, i play something yeah i was playing woo um this is a track by one of my favorite artists and i'm not gonna play the whole track but at the end he has like a, a bit of a poem and uh he actually has a computer voice do the poem so maybe we should go out on that. Yeah, let's do it. Yo, Mega Late Show, episode 98 Eight. with Chris Mosdell. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Thank and by you. the way, I, uh, it, not Oscar Wilde, William Burroughs. Mm. Bars. Got William S. Burroughs. Yeah. Oh, Bill. With me. I have
have been barely sustaining my so pain just marinating i fell apart and took my mind with me just a ghost clothed in lies with a broken spine fell apart and took my mind with me just an unrecognizable creature caught under an avalanche fell apart and took my mind with me my presence unnerving i'm a shadow always lurking surrounded by death even the towel rack reminds me of the handles paul bearers grip tightly on the way out of church what they use to lift you up into the back of that hearse i see a woman tighten grip on her purse can't be offended she doesn't know my intentions she imagines the worst around here the conditions severe around here you tight rope between detachment and fear between the shattered fragments of existence that collapse and appear never changes just exacerbates depression deeper year after year pain weaving in pain weaving out heart worms sharp turns sparse words scars burns i spent a long time dying don't wake me up yet public executions you'll never see me upset force fed myself with blow but now i settle for sedatives no longer in the streets i belong in the crevices positively negative popular i've never been hard to be a person when you lack the mental requisites emotionally deficit consumed with all the wretchedness not optimist or pessimist my politics are in exodus spouting countless fountains out while drowning in the brine my life's the foulest algorithm science can't define they trap you in these systems that are phallic in design because they fuck you in the mind boy they fuck you all the time i fell apart and took my mind with me being strung up at the ligaments with cultural derivatives fell apart and took my mind with me pronounced dead by a nemesis a doubt without a benefit i fell apart and took my mind with me just a cluster of atoms thrust deep in a chasm i feel apart and now your mind is with me smoke in your eyes the world's a joke in disguise
change your face changes personality switch transformation so impersonation of self these crowds and teeth for disintegration moves in the basement choking the puppet on the pedestal let a stool pigeon escort those to the two or three doors down into the left door on the right hand side my hand slides into pockets pull sockets of lead penalty orbits of red energy entering the orbit of the morbid northern and southern hemisphere of play capsule place time bombs and roll stems on your axle clear case hole invaded ozone layer of film spirit of babylon shield towering above gravity taking up space in the resonance of stars Live. 